This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Hey everybody, it's fall and you're listening to Radcast Outdoors. Um, you know, hopefully you've been out, got some fish, got some hunting. If not, I mean, we're trying to inspire you to do that. Take a kid, take someone with you, and we're going to ask Patrick a little bit today about his epic adventures this summer and fall. I was going to say, if you haven't been out, what's going on? Like, I mean, really, what are you waiting for? Winter's coming, not ice? to be iconic, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's time to go. Throw on your hoodie and go get something done. I mean, come on, man. The weather is beautiful right now. I, I don't like those 110 degree days. It's not it's and not fun to me. And I don't like minus 10 days either. So no, I, mean, <laughs> I, I like starting it in somewhere in the 30s oh, to 40s man. and getting up to the 70s and then back again. That's great. Give you, me a, give me my hoodie. Let's go. In Wyoming, you have to take advantage of the fall weather because it can turn to winter in a heartbeat. I think it's going to happen and this week. And I see the wind blowing. I think it's coming. So yeah, so I did go on a pack trip this year, a backpacking trip. I will tell you guys, I was very fat and out of shape going into this trip. <laughs> I was telling everybody I had lots of table muscle because I'd spent a lot of time at the table and not much time, you know, exercising. A big part of that is some of, you know, I dislocated my shoulder this summer and didn't have the ability to move my arm for he was kind of like a a a beat dog he kind of whimpered around for a little while it was a little bit pathetic actually yeah having a sling sucks just so you know and and (laughs) And not getting to go fishing yeah and having a farm and trying to do all the chores one-handed that's really fun but well round is a shape patrick so you were in shape just the wrong shape i was quite shapely let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) so how was the, the pack trip it was good um it was painful just because uh, the arm was not a hundred percent and it was, it was interesting. I got sick on the trip, which did not help. Um, but I will tell you that this year was a huge upgrade. So thanks to you and to Bow Spider and Kafaru, uh, I took in the Kafaru 44 mag backpack, you know, brand new pack initiated it on this trip. And I'll tell you what, man, that was a game changer. It, oh, it we so went nice. fishing last summer, and unfortunately, we didn't get it done this year. I was gone I all know. summer. It's, it's Bow Spider's fault. We'll blame Bow Spider. <laughs> Dang those guys. Uh, but but you come rock it up when we went on this. It was about a three and a half, four mile hike mm-hmm. to a, a lake that she'll renamed unnamed. You know, oh, yeah. We're not telling you. It's a lake. It's water. So if it you want to know where it is open a map of Wyoming and start looking for bodies of water and you can start hiking to those and you'll find it eventually. <laughs> Sorry guys, maybe. <laughs> but Patrick pulls out this uh, 1982 aluminum frame. Could be 1978. I don't know. It's old. It's, it's old. It's, it's, is it orange? I think it's, it's, it's like a reddish orange and ancient. And, and I, I kind of looked at him and I think I was rocking the, uh, the QU backpack that day. And I kind of looked at him, tech, yeah. you know, I got carbon fiber and, and, <laughs> you know, some suspension and, and some, something other than a straight backboard. Mine has some contour to it. And I'm looking at his pack like, what's he doing rocking that thing? He's like, oh, it works for me. And I said, here, why don't you try buying on? And you mm. went, wow, that's, that's pretty nice. I'll tell you what, man, the Kafaru though is a step up even from that. Like, oh yeah. It, it was, 
it was awesome going in, having lumbar support for my twice broken back, uh, and you know, the bad shoulder, keeping the pressure off. I mean, it was, it was so nice. And, and the cool thing was, you know, my buddy, John and I, we went in the day after the other guys. So we were kind of a day behind cause I had just been in Nebraska doing my day job, doing all that, got home, literally grabbed my stuff, jumped in the car and went. And, uh, we get to the trailhead and one of the nice things about this pack is it has uh, lift straps in different areas on the pack that makes it easier if you have a buddy with you they can help you load up and get get in your pack well i only i couldn't reach my left arm back hardly at all and so john was able to help me get my pack on get everything going and it kept the kept the weight off my arm to the point that i could actually do this because i was kind of doubting like can i even do this right now just because it didn't have the strength, didn't have the flexibility. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it was, it was nice to be able to actually do it and go on this trip because I, I look forward to it. It's a yearly trip. You know, it's an annual tradition. It's the guy's yearly fishing trip. That's you don't right. want to miss that. Well, and, you know, sitting around the campfire and this year we had some music. I'll talk about that. We, one of the guys, packed no in cell a, phone again, right? Doesn't yep, work. Yep. So one of the guys had packed in a guitar. So we had some music even, so it was great, but we started off at the trailhead and uh, we went in and I was noticing how out of shape I was, of course. And so I was like, okay. And even the best backpack in the world isn't going <laughs> to, isn't going to accommodate for yeah, that. It was a little rough. I mean, it was a couple thousand feet in elevation gain, but we made it up there, got into camp, got set up and the guys had told us, they said, Hey, we found this new little lake and it's pretty much every cast you're catching a brook trout and it's a lot of fun. So you should do that. Well, I got into camp and I was, I was pretty well bushed and I was tired and I was like, well, you know what the heck we'll, we'll go down there. And it was only... I don't know, 20, 30 minute hike. So it wasn't too far and we still had daylight. So grabbed my stuff and went and caught 30, 40 brookies. And I mean, they weren't anything big. They were, you know, your average up there, six to 10 inches, but it was fun. And you could see them coming from a long way away. I mean, you make a cast, you could see exactly where either your Panther Martin or fly or whatever you were throwing is. And then boom, here comes a fish and they grab it. You That's know? the best part of those high clear it's lakes so is you're watching your retrieve. Yeah. So we, we did that and had a good time. We, we caught a lot of fish and went back to camp and <laughs> went to bed that night and I started to feel rough and I, I don't know what it was, but I, I felt awful. Uh, got up the next morning and we were planning to go for goldens and grayling. There was no way I was going to stay in bed. That was just not not an option. I didn't have much time as it was. I was like, I don't care how I feel. We're going. And so, uh, Jimmy and Mike, there's actually videos, um, of these trips out there. If you go to Jimmy in the wild outdoors and you look at his YouTube channel, you can see some of the fishing. We're not going to tell you where it was exactly, but um, it was in Wyoming. It was in Wyoming. And, uh, anyway, we got up early, got all of our stuff, had some breakfast, uh, and what did breakfast consist of? Uh, well, for me, it wasn't much. I just had some oatmeal because I wasn't feeling too well, but some of the other guys, they had some mountain mountain house breakfast stuff, you know, like the eggs. And I am not a fan stuff. of oatmeal. I mean, I, I had it way too many camping trips with my dad and he always made it like runny, like snot. So it was warm, that runny snot. That does not sound good. No, it just, no, like <laughs> it, when it says a cup of water, I swore he added two, right? Oh. And when I make those little instant packets, I put a quarter cup of water when it says a cup, right? Mm -hmm. I want it barely moist enough to swallow. But I will say, um, and we talk about this on my sheep films, why I asked you, but uh, Mountain House has a breakfast skillet. A couple was, of guys had that one. I was throwing uh, jerky in that and mm -hmm. letting the jerky kind of reconstitute. It was 
if you imagined, it was kind of like bacon, but that with a little salt and pepper was, mm, I, I can do that one. Yeah, I had, I had my oatmeal, had a little bit of coffee, got some water, got some hydration on board, and then we hit the trail, and it was, it was three, well, two, I guess two, two and a half miles to where we wanted to start. And so it was another pretty good elevation gain. We went up in there and we were looking for Goldens first. So you guys are actually a little higher on some of these lakes than where I'm chasing elk yeah, for the most part. we were up there pretty high, like Timberline, you yeah. know, to start and then working our way down. And so we went up pretty high. And uh, anyway, these, <laughs> these Golden Trout, I'll tell you, if you've never fished for Goldens, they're a different breed. I mean, they are not your brookie. They are not your grayling. They're a lot more wary than most. And I mean, we, we spent some time, one, trying to find them. And two, you had to stock in, you know, kind of like you would for, you know, you, a you hunt. Spook, you spook some of the brookies or something else on the shoreline. Yeah. They're going to go out and spook the goldens. And the goldens are like, yeah, no. Exactly. So the very first one that we caught, it was the one that I actually caught. And it was about a 13, 14 inch golden and we could see it in a pool. And there was a spot where you can kind of see me on the video. I sneaked down, got down super low, made a low cast, you know, up, up and into this pool. And I was just throwing a, a little Prince nymph, uh, fly. And, uh, the first time, the first cast, he, he kind of charged that, but didn't grab it, which is typical for goldens. They love to tease you. They'll come up and they'll charge right up nose up to it and just stare at <laughs> just it. Just hit the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Stop. And you're like, seriously. And sometimes you'll set the hook because you think that they've grabbed it and they haven't <laughs> touched it. So that was the first reaction. Well, the cool thing about goldens is if you can get two or three of them in a spot, they'll actually compete and they'll grab it. And so I saw a couple others. So I cast it over just kind of in between those two and that bigger one charged up and grabbed it. And so I was able to land the first golden of the trip, which was pretty cool. Um, just a oh man, if you've never seen a golden trout. So how big does oh, the golden pretty. trout need to be to be entered into the... They need to be, I think it's 16 inches, which I didn't, I didn't get a, I didn't get a master angler, but I got some decent ones. And I mean, the, the color on these things, I mean, the real bright red, the beautiful gold, you know, some of them had, you know, the darker colored markings. They had those beautiful spots. I mean, they were, they definitely beautiful are fish, you know, I, I think of beautiful marked fish as far as north america they are they're up there they're up there with the dolly vard and they're up there with the arctic char i mean yep. they're they're definitely and they're unique right like oh yeah you have your char species so you got your brook trout your you know even the hybrids are really cool like tiger trout and splake and whatnot but um the arctic char are just fabulous when they're going into the spawn goldens they're beautiful fish i mean they, they but they're in a different way like the gold on these things was just so bright and so beautiful. Again, I'll, I'll post some pictures in the show notes, but I mean, they were absolutely gorgeous fish. And so I started off the party and got the first fish. And then Jimmy, we went down one pool. I think it was maybe 15, 20 feet from there. There was this little tight pool where you kind of had a little waterfall into it. And it wasn't very big. It was probably only three or four feet wide and maybe a foot and a half deep. But there was a decent one in there. I think it was 11, 12 inches. You know, Jimmy got it on like the third or fourth attempt. And then we just kept working our way down this drainage. And there was one pool in particular that was just incredible. I mean, it had probably 20, 25 goldens in it. And there were a few of the bigger ones. I don't think we caught any of the bigger ones. We, we did catch quite a few out of that hole, but we educated them. <laughs> and so they quit. They, they quit after a little while. They got wise to our 
to our scheme. So now I'm correct in saying golden trout are not native to the state, correct? Correct. Yeah, these are California goldens. Um, you know, they stock them in a number of different ways. Back in the old days, you know, they had people that would actually pack them in. Horse pack is what horse I heard. Pack, as a guy that did a bunch of yep. horse packing. Yep. And nowadays, you know, they'll do it through plane and helicopter, different aerial ways. Because, I mean, you lose a lot less fish that way. Um, so the Game and Fish Department does stocking programs. And you can go on their website and you can see exactly where they're stocking them. I mean, it's not a secret. I think there's it's better chance of catching a golden hare than there is in California. Probably. Um, I know they have them in a number of Mountain West states. I mean, you can catch them in Wyoming, Idaho, you know, California, lots of different places, but they're high elevation fish. Though. They are. And you know, you're going to have to put in some effort to get to them. Uh, and that, and that's part of the appeal is that it's not just something you, you know, walk down to your urban fishery. And you're that's, find that's like one. elk hunting. You know, when, when we talk about doe antelope hunting or, or doe whitetail hunting, especially on these alfalfa fields on your back Creek. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's meat in the freezer. Right. But the appeal is going and chasing the big bull elk in the timber. The peel is going and hiking. And mm-hmm. I mean, these vistas, I've, I've been up there a little bit, you know, on that, that side of the hill. And some of those sceneries, you know, I went up there looking for elk, but we walked past some of those lakes as we were elk hunting. And everywhere you turn is another epic photo spot. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous up there. And we, we actually hit it just right because everybody knows it was a bad fire season again. And so... I was worried we were going to get up there and it was just going to be smoky and nasty. And Well, there was a fire above Lander bad. during that time. Yep. And it wasn't bad. Like the, you know, the wind, like I said, came kind of out of every direction, but the, the smoke wasn't bad. And so it was nice to be up there and not, you know, be inhaling all this oh, smoke. Oh, the smoke and, was bad down oh. here when you left. It was, you know, at my house here at our podcast studio, we've got a really beautiful view of the Wind Rivers, right? But they're, I don't know, 50 miles away. They're ways, yeah. I haven't seen them all summer, Patrick. Oh, I know. It's nice to see them again, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the views were great. Um, again, I felt like garbage, like just dragging myself along. The only thing that kept me going was the fact we were catching fish. Because, I mean, we caught fish the whole way up there. Like, the, the drainage that we were on is full of grayling and brookies all the way up to this spot. And then you can kind of fish goldens and grayling and brookies on the way back down. So we worked through, we, we, we hit that one really epic pool and we just got tons of fish out of there. Well, there were a few others down that drainage, just, you know, another couple hundred yards. So we worked our way down and there was this one in particular, it was, it was this smaller lake and it wasn't super deep, but again, you could see the fish. And so you're sight fishing these things and, and working it. And I saw a nicer golden. He uh, one of our, one of my buddies, Mike, he was fishing and I, I saw him kind of dart out and look at Mike's lure and then kind of come back under my feet, under the rock where I was standing. And so I just dropped, dropped my fly right there, you know, into the water, just on the other side of that rock. And he just charged out and smacked the crap out of it. And so that was pretty cool. We got that one on film as well, but catching that fish and, and being able to lick it in, it was a kind of a more unique one because it had a lot more red and so it was just a gorgeous gorgeous fish pulled it out admired it a little bit got some pictures and put them back but i mean we were catching fish after fish and um it was one of those things where you know you you talk about goldens and you hear about the mystique of goldens and to have a day where we just got really got into them and had a lot of fun it was it was a real special day but it didn't end there like goldens were a part of the day but we had some epic 
decent sized grayling fishing, which I'll talk about here in a second, but we need to talk about a couple of our sponsors. So, well, I'm assuming on this trip, did you eat any of these fish? I actually didn't. Uh, it was a 100% catch and release. I could a perfect have, opportunity for a little high mountain seasoning and a pan over the fire. With the way I was feeling, I would not have wanted to eat a fish. I'll just say that. We're um, going to blame it on McDonald's. How about that? And we'll blame it on whoever we want. <laughs> yeah, it was something. But if you guys haven't been out to check out PK Lures, get out there, check them out. Uh, again, this is fishing season. Fall is in the air. It is the best time to go out, catch those big walleye, big trout. If you haven't, <laughs> haven't figured out PK lures yet, I don't know what else to tell you. You can go to my Facebook page. You can look at all the big fish we've been catching. We've been catching some monster trout lately. PK is a big part of that program. I mean, we've caught them on jigging spoons. We've caught them on all kinds of different things. So, and also spin a jig season, that spin a jig, it's got like a little prop spinner up above the jig. You put a minnow on that or a crawler in the summer. That is a dynamite lure for your walleye. And guys, look, PK Lure supports us. Go out and support them. I mean, honestly, they're they're great company, fantastic lure. I will be, uh, as soon as we get the rest of the freezers full, I'll be grabbing my rod and, <laughs> and going with Patrick and a few PK lures and, and we'll go we'll, smack then, some fish. Then we'll go do a late season elk tag. How's that sound? Well, yeah, Patrick does have a late season I elk did. tag. So yeah. we will be, uh, we'll fill freeze Patrick's freezer too. Yeah. So again, go to PKLure.com. You can check those guys out, support them. They're great folks. Um, and they've got some new stuff coming, I think this next year. So be watching for that. And as we get into ice fishing season, get that PK rattle spoon because you're going to want it. No, it's not ice fishing season yet. Yeah, not yet. Thank Go goodness. enjoy fall first. Oh my gosh, I'm not ready for ice yet. So so like I said, there was another big part of this trip. There is a fishery that has really, really nice grayling in it. And I mean, you're talking the average is like a 13, 14 incher. And so we were like, okay, we've got, got some goldens. Let's just bop over to this grayling spot because it's exclusively grailing and i'm sure it was hey we're going after goldens right this this whole trip that was, was everybody's everybody's priority. bucket list was golden <laughs> now now everybody kind of got to check hey i got my golden yeah you didn't get your 16 inch but you got a 13 which is a great fish it was and you know it was like okay let's let's move over let's go do some grailing because we knew that there was some nicer grailing in this body of water so that means packing your camp up well, no, no. Oh, so you're day hiking. Same day hiking is actually okay. the spot is only a couple hundred yards away. I mean, it's not far from where we were catching the goldens. It's a high elevation uh, body of water, not very big. So we get up there and um, I had a fly still on for fishing the goldens. I was like, well, I'll throw it out there. And it wasn't long before I had about a 14 inch grayling. It was a nice big male, huge dorsal with all that beautiful green and blue. And I've just, tried oh several gosh. times to take a picture of those fish and in the camera, they come out gray. They, they do for the most part. Like if you can, so what I did is I kind of held them up into the sunlight and got an angle on them. And if you do that, you can get some of that blue and green glistening out of their it still doesn't do the justice oh, of when you hold one of those fish. It's <laughs> it's a rainbow. It's, it's so pretty. Yeah. I mean, it it's an iridescent, just really pretty greenish blue. And I mean, if you've ever looked at a peacock's feathers, it's that kind of color, but on the dorsal of, you know, like you said, more of a gray looking fish, but they even have some little splotches on their body. But uh, I mean, they have beautiful. a dorsal like a sailfish. I it's mean, it's crazy. It's huge. And they fight really well because of that and anybody that's ever caught panfish like crappie or bluegill or something like that you know how they turn their body and they just really 
kind of get that resistance. It's the same kind of thing with these grayling. I mean, they weren't huge, but they fought really well on light line because they're turning their bodies and they're doing everything they can. And I mean, they are vigorous fish. I mean, they really get after it. So I caught the first one and, and then, uh, this guy, Mike, that was with us, he put on a clinic. He had a number six gold Panther Martin on and what he was doing, he was casting it out. It was this deep pool. I mean, really deep. And so he casts out, lets it hit the water, and then he was counting it down, and he could feel the fish hitting it as it would fall. And so, I mean, they were hyper-aggressive. And so, I mean, he caught, I think he caught 16 or 17, something like that, out of that pool. And uh, anyway, he's just whacking them with that. And so I'd caught a few on the fly, and I was like, hmm. I think I'm going to switch over to what he's using. So I had a number six gold Panther Martin in my bag as well. So I grabbed that, chucked it out there. First cast, man, just whacked one. And Jimmy, he was whacking them too. And um, we just had a ball. I mean, they the fish were on the bite. I mean, almost every cast you were getting hit or you were hooking up. And so I forgot about the fact that I felt like garbage. I mean, it was great just because the fight was there, which is something I love. Uh, Seth, you know, he was on here a while back. He'll tell you, I I don't mind catching little fish for a while, but I want to catch bigger fish. I, I just get, I get bored after a little bit, but these ones actually fought well. So it was a lot more fun for me to tie into something that was actually going to give me a tug. And, and there's something did. about the whole atmosphere, right? You're, you're in the mountains, oh, you're man. in clean air, you're hanging out with guys and, and having, you know, having laughs around the campfire. You haven't even got to somebody <laughs> brought a guitar, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the atmosphere was incredible where we were catching those grayling. All you can do, I mean, it, imagine this, it's a beautiful blue bluebird day. I mean, the sky is just gorgeous blue. The smoke isn't there. You're up next to these huge, massive glacial cut rock. Vertical you've, almost. Vertical. You've got glaciers that are hidden into you know the shadow of the rocks you've got this beautiful beautiful water and you're just catching fish after fish and they fight and how many other people are you seeing you know it was crazy we actually saw more people and i think this is covid related but we saw more people up there than we've ever seen um there were a couple people camped on the lake that weren't too happy that we were there (laughs) which was kind of funny because we're fishing along and we didn't really even notice that there were other people around i mean it's a few acres, the, the, the body of water we were fishing. And next thing you know, you hear these F-bombs coming out of the trees, like cross the way, like quite a ways away, probably three or 400 yards. And we, we kind of figured out that these guys were yelling at us for, for fishing, which I don't really understand since it's all public land, but it doesn't really matter. But they, they quieted down and moved on along their way after a little while, but it was kind of an odd deal. We've talked about "Hmm." this before, you know, I got permitted to take those young men in camping with Uh stock and I'm permitted and we have to be so far from the water and this and that we're permitted to be in this campsite. And I mean, we rolled in and it was a jerk move. I mean, we definitely, we set up 50 yards from them, maybe 40 yards. If I had been backpacking, yeah, I would have hiked to the next lake or gone around the other side of the lake. But you had a permit and you had to be there. (laughs) I had to be right there. And I finally, I mean, they were very unhappy with us. And I finally explained the situation here. We got 14 young men. We got six horses. We're at the max capacity with how many people can be in here. We're permitted to be here the next two nights. This is where we are. This is where we have to be. You're three people. (laughs) If you don't like it, bye. Well, here was my thing. I have a theory. I think they'd been fishing and hadn't been doing well. And then they were watching us catch fish after fish. And I don't think they were too happy about it. What they should have done, what they should have done is just walked up and said, hey, what are you using? How's it, you know, how are you doing? We would have been happy to share and 
shoot, we just scooted over even, but. Well, I know as an elk hunter, <laughs> I don't want to see dead elk in my spot, right? I mean, I, I want to be the one that's harvesting this elk in that spot. But that's why I bow hunt is because if you're over the ridge from me 500 yards and you shoot one, I never know. Sure. As a rifle hunter, you're like, man, I wish I would have hiked the, the other trail instead of this one today. And we did do that to a group of people. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. We, <laughs> we, we, we pulled up behind them, but. 20 seconds behind him we were following him up to the trailhead in the dark and i gave him the option i said hey you want to take there, there's two trails in here there's and we're talking it's five miles deep and five miles wide so it's plenty of room for oh, two yeah. groups of people but they ended up choosing a and we went b and we went and got two elk and i know they heard us harvest those elk and you know but that's that's like you and i okay i'm gonna pick the left side of the lake and i'm gonna pick the right side of the lake and you get the bigger fish i mean Oh, well. it's a coin cup yeah you know it's a coin toss it's no big deal and you know we just kept our spirits i was like yeah whatever you know and you have to do that at times but i mean i no i think you have to do that in life in, in general, general patrick yeah, I mean, because there's always gonna be i mean coming from the bow spider realm there's always gonna be somebody saying well that doesn't work or that's or why are you doing that or you know there's always gonna be that negative voice coming from somewhere about something and if you pay attention to it you're never going to succeed. You're never, oh, you're, you're always going to second guess yourself. But if you just keep the spirits high, keep the morale high. And that's, that's why I try and go hunting with the people that I go hunting with mm -hmm. is, is keeping that morale high, especially when you're trying to accomplish these, you know, almost more than human feats of, or Herculean efforts. You know, this, the hike into your lake is not, we're not talking a five minute walk from the car. No. No, it's a long walk and you know, we just stayed positive and we just kept going. But you know, we, we caught 33 fish out of that, pool and we had a great time and and all 33 of those fish are back in that pool exactly they're all still there so you can still go catch them if you can little, figure little out piercing in their mouth yep um but we had a great time and you know it, it was just a really great to see like mike catching all those fish i know he was having a blast and you know for me just to get that a little bit i think i caught nine something like that but just to catch those fish it was so much fun and then it was like okay it's time to start heading back. And so that's when, I, you know, I kind of hit the wall. I was really feeling rough and I just, food did not sound appealing. We, we got back to camp. Uh, it was about an hour, hour and a half hike. And it just, I felt really rough. And so I actually just went to my tent and just crashed. I mean, I, I just I didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to eat anything. I just got some water on board, just went and laid down. The guys, they were like, man, is he going to be all right? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. You know? And anyway, a couple hours after that, I got up, started to feel better. And I was actually able to eat at one of those peak fuels for dinner, which was good because I needed to get something in me. I just didn't have much on board. But like I said, one of the guys had packed in a guitar and I don't know what it is about just being up in the woods, being around a campfire is good, right? That's, that's a great thing. But I'll tell you what, having a, somebody with a guitar and singing songs and they can actually sing. It was incredible. Well, Patrick, it I have very incredible. limited musical talent. <laughs> I've <laughs> tried too, to play the guitar. So yeah, I, I really, I, I completely understand where you're at is that you set the mood in the atmosphere. Oh, you got a little fire. Everybody's caught their fish for the day. You've got some food in you now. So you're, well, you're feeling a little better. And it was really cool because half of the group, well, actually the majority of the group had summited this really high peak in the area and they got some great pictures. I mean, it was just gorgeous up there. And then the three of us had gone and just slayed fish. I mean, we caught over a hundred fish that day each. Caught lots of brookies that I didn't even talk about. But anyway, so having that music and having people who could sing 
and being around that campfire, having the Milky Way galaxy and all its glory just illuminated up above. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in, in the backcountry. I mean, we, we had a good time. We joked around. We, we sang some songs. I sort of sang songs. It wasn't very good. Uh, but listening to other people who can actually sing. Uh, but sing but some braving songs. the elements, sleeping oh, yeah. on the ground in a tent in, in Grizz country. Not, yeah. not Dubois Grizz country, but Grizz country. Still Grizz country. And, you, you know, braving awesome. all this stuff and all this work. And, you know, you, you didn't even touch on you've got to supply all your own water to cook all oh, those yeah. food. You had to carry all that food in there with your stuff. There's, there's all these things that go into that moment of just hanging around the campfire imagine everybody sitting on the ground or sitting on logs and just yep it was just nowhere to go and just enjoying the moment it was nice to just be yeah i didn't have anywhere i had to be i didn't have anybody calling me saying hey you got to get this done got to get that done it was just be under the stars be with some good friends listen to some good music tell a couple jokes have some pick on somebody for their poor singing there was plenty of jokes um and a lot of good times i mean we had a great time and that night was really special and then we got up and you know we went and did some more fishing the next day and i'll tell you what it's it's such a blessing to live here in wyoming to have the wind river range the bighorns the different areas that we have in this state uh to be able to get out and do that and to be able to unplug, truly unplug, like you cannot get a signal where we were, period. It's not happening unless you have some kind of special satellite phone or something like that. So it was nice to unplug, to get away. And of course, the camaraderie, you know, we had, I, I hiked in with my buddy, John, hiked out with my buddy, John, and, you know, just getting to visit with him, get to know him better, spend some good quality time. I mean, that that's something that we need to do more of. And oh, so if you're struggling great. with something mentally... I mean, I, I don't care what it is. Take your time and just hiking up a trail and having a, having a destination, whether you're through hiking or elk hunting or fishing or just going for to, to summit the vista and take the picture. I mean, there's something about being able to put all the distractions away and whether you got a buddy there or not, telling jokes or not, it, it doesn't matter. There's something primal about being able to really articulate that argument or disagreement or mental thought and just kind of get it worked out. Yep, absolutely. There was a lot of thinking, a lot of self-reflection. In the mornings, I would get up early, go down to the water to get some more water to run through my filter so I'd have some water for the day. But when I was down there, there was one particular rock that was really nice because I could sit on it. It was flat. It's a pretty good-sized lake. And I could just watch the sun come up. And so I spent a lot of time just sitting down there and just having the quiet. The only thing I could hear was the wind in the trees. And the birds, you know, and so that was great. Um, did a lot of thinking and praying, self-reflection down there, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, and go back up to camp and get everything ready and, and go out for the day. But it was an incredible trip. And, and I talked about it at the beginning, but, you know, I was out of shape. And, and injured. And injured. And, and concerned if you were even smart doing this. Yeah, I was questioning myself for sure on that one. Um, but since then, that's, that's been six weeks ago. You know, I've dropped 17 pounds. I feel really good um, getting my shoulder back, getting into fall fishing. So I think if you hadn't have gone, it would have been harder on your psyche. Oh, for sure. Know. Yeah. You, you might have, not have got the 17 pounds off. You'd, you might still be a little bit <laughs> soft on the edges. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just sour about not getting to go. Oh, and, for sure. And, you know, so. it, it would have been a big regret had I not gone on the trip and it would have been easy. Like, I mean, I could have made any excuse in the book because it, it was pinned between two road trips. So I had a road trip the week before for work, a road trip 
right after that. And I could have easily said, no, I need to stay home. You know, and I, it, it was good having the accountability of having John coming in doing, you know, cause he was in the same boat. Like he could have easily said, nope, I, I, you know, I got work stuff. I got family stuff, whatever. It was good for us to do that and just get out and take the time. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It kind of kickstarted me and made me realize like, I got to get back in shape. I got to quit, you know, being down about my shoulder and start working out. And so now, you know, I'm able to do push-ups again and, and getting my arms strong and I'm feeling a lot better and it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, with hunting and fishing season being here, I'm actually feeling about 85%. So, good. We have a cow elk to go harvest. Yes, we do. And we will get that done, but it was good to kind of go up and hit the reset button. That's what I like to say. You know, you, you go up to the mountains, you hit that reset button, you get that self-reflection, you get some time to just chill. I needed it. And I needed the break, so I got the break, and I was able to come back refreshed and, and get back to work. And so that was nice. But I'll tell you, man, that was some of the best fishing, I mean, I've ever had. I mean, we, we caught literally hundreds of fish, and it was so much fun. We do need to talk about another sponsor. We got to talk about Bow Spider. You know, it is Bow Spider season. It is time to get out there, go hands-free. Guys, whether you're back east, whether you're listening to this in the Pacific Northwest or Alaska, I mean, if you have a bow... You, you really need to look at Bow Spider, and that's that's coming from me. I'm a little bit jaded. Yeah, I, I know the guy that owns the company, but honestly, I mean, hands-free, anytime you need your bow. We've got some cool videos out there. Works in your tree stand, works on the headrest of your truck, works on your hip. We're, we're working on some new accessories. we got some on the website now, so... Mm-hmm. You know, pack covers are out there, attack packs, so you can go without a backpack completely. Works on the back of your bino harness. I'm thinking about saddle guys because we're coming into October. There's a lot of whitetail hunters going to go on. So, I mean, species doesn't really matter. It's an archery accessory and it's a pretty good one. Absolutely. So go to bowspider.com. You can pick up your bow spider, get a couple extra receivers. So you have a few other places that you can mount it. And it's also a great gift for all those, you know, October, November birthdays. So get out there and get that done. But, you know, I'll kind of wrap this up a little bit. The, uh, one of the cool things about doing a trip like this is if you can take three or four days, you can go into the backcountry, you can go after species like grayling, like golden trout, something that's a little bit if different. If you're adventuresome, you could even do this in two days. Oh, you, absolutely. You could, you could leave the truck Friday night and mm-hmm. you could be headed back out Sunday afternoon. So I did it. I did a pretty quick trip. So I went in on a Saturday morning, fished Saturday for the evening, fished Sunday, fished a little bit on Monday morning on my way out on Labor Day because we went up Labor Day weekend and then went back and went on the road and went to work. I mean, I, I literally went home, dropped my pack stuff, grabbed my bags and went out on the road. So you can do it fairly quickly. I would, I would recommend you take three to four days just so that you have a little bit more time, a little less punishment on yourself, but get out there, get away from you know, cell tower, spend some time with some good friends, share some stories around the campfire. You know, we had a lot of good visits. Um, it was nice to connect with some people and just catch up on life. And, and, uh, again, chasing some fish that you don't get to catch every day, especially connecting on a level that's not happy birthday on Facebook. It's not, Oh, I saw you caught a fish yet last week on Instagram. (laughs) It's connecting on a level with, with people that we don't get in our society anymore. And we made stories together. You know, we're always going to talk about that time that we caught those goldens and those grayling and those people cussed us out from across the water and, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. But in the time we sang around the campfire, like that's, that's what it's all about. And I mean, you make those memories and don't wait. I mean, you're, you may think you're young and you got lots oh, yeah. of time. Don't wait. Just get it done. No, Go you, do it. 
you, the two things I was going to say earlier is, uh, you know, I've twisted off a lot of jobs to go hunting in the fall and a couple people gave me quite a bit of grief over that. Right. And the, the, the answer to that question is your job will be listed before your obituary comes out in the newspaper. Yep. I mean, there's not one of us that can't be dead and buried by Friday. And <laughs> and you really do work to live. You don't live to work. So there's got to be that balance. I mean, the food's got to be on the table. The utility's got to be paid. And whether you're working at Bow Spider or you're working at Walmart mopping the floors or anywhere in between, you know, the work's still got to get done. I mean, we got we to gotta produce. We can't just be consumers. Yeah. But well. And I got a message, a couple of my friends out there who listen regularly and you know who you are that haven't come to fish with me in Wyoming, you better get your butts in gear and get out here and do some fishing. I mean, who knows what can happen, right? Like I've had some friends this year, they've had tragic loss, you know, and lost people that were young. Um, You're never guaranteed tomorrow. And so go make those trips. When when I lived in Alaska, I, I called my uncle every year and I said, why don't you take a Friday or a Monday off, hop on a plane, come up here and we'll fish for two and a half, three days, right? Mm-hmm. And he always said next year, he always said next year. Well, you know, he's no longer with us. I, yeah. we, don't, we don't get to go do that anymore. So when that opportunity knocks, you know, you got to take it. I could, I, I got a great example of, I went up elk hunting day before yesterday. A guy drew a a tag here locally. I'll, I'll let you know what it is. It's the, the Red Desert Area 100. And he was, you know, we've had snow and rain and nasty. And he was just kind of feeling a little bit, a little bit down and not seeing the bulls he wanted. And I said, you know what? I got a day. I'm coming up. And it's two hour drive from here. And I got up there way later than I should have because I was doing all bow spider stuff. I told him I'd be there at four and I got up there at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. We went out Saturday morning. We found about 50 head of elk and I helped him. He got got a nice six point on the ground. We got it butchered up. But I will say, I was trying to take a picture. We were coming down on one of the ATV roads, and I took my glove off, pulled my phone out, was trying to take a picture because it was a pretty steep, pretty steep trail. One of the steepest places I've ever been on my four wheeler. We're going downhill, and I'm just keep her pointed straight downhill. Well, I got down just to the flat. He was still on the steep. I wanted to take a picture, and I hit a rock Oops. and tipped my four wheeler <laughs> over and pinned my foot. I mean, that was a really, really slow tip. Right. I was doing less than a mile an hour when I was trying to put my gloves back on. I'd put my phone away. I'd already taken the picture <laughs> and he's just laughing behind me. And I'm on the ground here with my foot, one foot stuck under the forward. I'm like, okay, it's funny, but can you get me up now? So that memory of me, oops, I, I mean, I just, I got out of the trail and didn't have either hand on the handlebar. I was trying to put my gloves back on because it's cold. It was mm-hmm. nasty, but I'm going to have that memory the rest of my life of, Hey, remember that time I tipped my four wheeler over and then we went and got your big bowl an hour later, get out there, go make those memories. And you know what? It doesn't always have to be the 16 inch golden. It doesn't have to always be the record book. You know? It doesn't. I mean, you make memories, you have a good time. A lot of it's just spending time together. And I will mention our last sponsor. We did have some guys that packed in some high mountain seasonings and cooked up some brookies and the tin foil over the fire and they really enjoyed them. And I'm very happy that they were able to do that. That Western style trout seasoning is really good. The gourmet fish is good. They're, they have a lot of different fish seasonings, but these guys use some of that Western style trout and uh, they've really enjoyed it on those brookies. So that's something you can get that small shaker and just take that up there. Um, the other two shakers it. I would highly recommend is the venison rub and the garlic salt and pepper rub. 
and the Cajun uh, campfire one is really tasty too. So there's a lot of good options. So go to HIMTNJerky.com. Again, HIMTNJerky.com. You can get what you need, you know, for that pack trip or, you know, the fall hunting. Either way, they've got everything that you need. Even if you're doing chicken on the barbecue. That's right. So, um, but yeah, I think this is a good place to wrap up this episode. It was a great pack trip. Helped me kind of get that fire lit to get back in shape. And uh, it was a lot of fun catching some nice golden, some nice grayling and just doing something a little bit different. I do want to get two cents on your Kefaru as far as volume and space and compared to your old pack. Um, Well, yeah, there's no comparison uh, on the two packs. That's for sure. Like, you know, you're talking almost 50 years between the two. But I will say it was incredibly comfortable. It puts the weight where it belongs. Uh, so it wasn't pulling on my neck and shoulders like the older style pack. It was putting distributing the, the, the weight on my legs where my power is at. And so it was great to have a backpack that actually fit me. And that's another thing about their packs is that they build them to fit you. And you get you put your sizes in. It's yeah. not a universal one size fits all like yeah. your old backpack is. Exactly. Here. So it fit me perfect. It distributed the weight nicely. They have lots of great pockets and buckles and different things that you have on that pack that comes standard. And uh, that frame, that you know, ultralight frame was awesome. Uh, the lumbar support was just money. I mean, that, that really did save me. Um, and it's a nice durable pad. And so I can't wait to take it out again. Uh, especially now that I'm down, you know, 17 pounds. Well, bring it cow elk hunting cause we may need it. I think we probably will. But, uh, yeah. So thanks again to you guys and to Kafaru, uh, great pack. And there's a lot more podcasts at radcastoutdoors.com. So if you guys like this episode and you want to hear more, Um, You can go to radcastoutdoors.com. You can also follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, like, share, subscribe, and uh, download our episodes. That helps us a lot. So if you follow it, download it. Until next time, stay safe out there.